coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. That was cool to see as an entrepreneur when you scrape and you, you know you don't sleep and you're doing all of the things yeah. to to align yourself with a group of people that can show you like here's how you can build a business. Yeah. And, oh wow. This yeah. is real. Like we we can do this. So think big when you have your vision, you got to think really big. That's mm-hmm. what I didn't get. I always thought Ah, if we could get 10 agents, we're good, right? Yeah. But now yeah. my vision's 5,000 agents. My yeah. vision, like Megan's, it's it's huge. Mm-hmm. So when we talk to people, we're talking about the next, you know, the next level of production. And um, the- yeah, like, so for for us, the Simple Life's mission is, is to help you, which is anybody. It's our clients. It's our, our, you know, friends, family. It's the agents that we we partner with. It's to help you achieve financial freedom through real estate. Right. Because that's mm-hmm. and that's realistically what a lot of entrepreneurial people, when they get into real estate, that's what they they want. That's what they yeah. yearn for. And yep. so our company is now set up to bring people into this this community that that we've created and really just help launch their careers. You know, again, we're the simple life like mm-hmm. we want to make your success easy. And so that's what that's what we've built out. And you want to, you want to hire people based on your core values. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if, if they don't match what you want, they're not going to work for you. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have a bit of a special episode. We actually have duo guests today. We have Parnell Quinn and Megan Luther. They both own and run a, e- a large EXP commercial real estate firm, and they also have developed The Simple Life. This was such a fun conversation today with Parnell and Megan. Parnell's family has actually been in the real estate industry in Colorado for, I believe they said three generations. So long, long lineage in that industry. And what makes it super interesting is that in 2008, 2010, Parnell actually ended up losing everything. So imagine being from a small town where you're in front of everyone. Everyone knows your name. You're in a very, very public setting like a a real estate brokerage who's been around for many generations and you all of a sudden lose everything. So we, we jump into that part of the conversation and sort of dive into what Parnell felt, what he was going through and some of the realizations that he had going through that experience. And during this time is when he met Megan, which is equally as impressive of a story, right? You know, a lot of people, I think, shy away from people in that situation, but Megan was was drawn to and inspired by Parnell. So great, great story about their comeback, and they've really come back in a big way. We talk about what they're doing today, what their goals are. Their goal is actually to have a 5,000-person brokerage 
So and and they've gotten validation from third parties that they are on their path to do that. So great, great comeback story today. Uh, this was a really inspirational, really fun conversation. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce. Well, and, you know, that's a great question, Matt, because starting off, my family is mostly Irish. So today's a good day being March 17th. Love it. You Patty both have day. your green on. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Our, our family, you know, the rule was you got pinched until you found some green to put on. You didn't just get pinched or punched once. It was, you know, so the typical Irish dad, hardworking, loving, but very stern, heavy handed when it came to discipline. So that's how we learned how to stay in line. But uh, my introduction to real estate was when I was like five or six years old. Dad would have us go and get lost in neighborhoods and knock on doors or pretend we were lost and knock on doors. and then go inside and call him to come over and meet the owners of the house so they could have a conversation. Oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> right. What a great, what a great plan. And uh, so I'm a third generation real estate agent. My grandpa started it. Him and my uncle Joe worked together once he became of age. And then uh, my dad, not wanting to work with his dad, decided to buy the Remax franchise franchises up in Winter Park, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And he did that right around 1979, 1980. And that was right before the big recession in Colorado. Those of you remember that it was pretty, pretty dismal real estate. I think one time two units had sold in the whole town for a year. And that's one of those two. So we as kids would do odd jobs, hanging drywall, doing dishes, cleaning hotel rooms. And then, you know, we'd be sitting there, especially after the drywall jobs, and you got this big check, like $3,000 for a month's work or $6,000. And your dad would walk by and he'd just pick the checks out of her hands and says, thanks for the rent. Thanks. You're, you're welcome for the food in the car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take your check and cash it, right? So you would think we would have a, you know, an easier life being a you know, third generation real estate family, but uh, it, it, was, it was tough. And then uh, somewhere in 2010, 2011, he went to go sell his Remax franchise and found out they were worth nothing. Wow. Because Dave Leninger could put a Remax franchise right across the street from you. So instead of paying for our business, they could just open their own. So about that time, I went through a pretty tough time in my life. I chose to get divorced. It was my choice. And I uh, went through a bankruptcy, lost about three and a half million dollars of equity. Woke up one day, went to the bank thinking I had the secret account, you know, safe account, just in case things go bad. And uh, obviously the lawyers found it. And uh, when I got there, there was $10 left in the account. Wow. So in 2011, I started over with $10, three kids, and I uh, had met Megan and told her, hey, you know, I'd love to get together with you, but I live in a hotel room. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, come on over, you know, I love you know, it. So that's how I, and I'll let Megan tell yeah, the story from there. For sure. Yeah, so same, same, same question. You know, what was your dinner table like growing up? I, I, yeah, I, absolutely. Um, so mine is very different than Parnell's. I am originally from Northern Minnesota. I have a big family. We grew up, you know, everybody worked hard and I never was exposed to real estate. So a lot of different dynamics there when I moved out to Colorado and was introduced to Parnell's family, them having generations of realtors in their background. So I learned a lot from these guys and it was pretty amazing. But yeah, my upbringing was super mild compared to Parnell's and uh, 
we're both oddly enough, we're, we both have four siblings. So we're mm-hmm. one of five kids. So that was always fun. You know, those were my siblings are still to this day, some of my best friends, uh, my inspiration, you know, to, for a lot of what I do, I've got uh, seven nephews now. So that's a lot of fun, still really close to my family, but yeah, I came from a small town and when I moved out to Colorado, I was down in Denver for a little bit and the mountains kept, you know, really called to me. I was drawn there because this community where Parnell and I are, Winter Park and Frazier, you know, Grand County is what we, we also call it. it. It was more my speed. It was the same type of population, you know, 3,500 people, everybody knew everybody else. It was really cool. And so since moving out here, uh, you know, Parnell's been here for eons. So everybody knows who he is because he's got a unique name in addition to just being here for as long as he has. But we've watched this community grow and evolve and we're growing and evolving with it. So it's been an exciting adventure for us. I love it. I love it. That, yeah, that is, that is really, really cool. So, so now Parnell, I guess from where you left off with your story, you know, you're, you're basically left with, with nothing. Did you ever think of, you know, maybe I shouldn't get back into real estate again. Maybe I should try something else. Or was it always, I I have to get back in. Well, when I went down 2008, 2009, so resort areas take a much longer time to recover. Sure. So when other real estate industries were already bouncing back 2011, 2012, we still weren't. So I went back to knowing what I knew, which was hard manual labor. So I went back to logging, cutting down trees. Wow. There's a lot of pine beetle that killed the forest up here. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of work. So I just went and did that. I think my lowest paying job was $10 a tree, which was Mm -hmm. a rough, rough week. (laughs) Um, But you know, you got through that. And then I went back to every job I could find. And I kept real estate on the back burner. So every time there was a good deal, I'd call my clients that I knew and I'd put the deal together. And, you know, I could be out logging, I could be doing dishes, I could what were my other jobs? Got a camera room. There's uh, like you, nine you jobs at one you, time. At you Christmas. plowed, you shoveled, you did yeah. all the things around here, anything that you could get your hands on. Anything that paid, I would do. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. somebody asked me once, what's the longest time you've ever worked? And that was three days in a row. So 72 hours without sleep. Wow. Wow. And, yeah. and <laughs> you know, there, there there has to have been, there had to have been a humbling experience, right? Because your you, your family had always been, you know, probably looked at by a lot of people like, wow, they're you know, really successful. And then, you know, and, and it's such a small town, you know, everyone knows you and, you know, now you're doing these types of jobs. Did you learn anything from that experience, you know, personally, you know, wow. maybe about yourself, the way you grew up, things that influenced you early, and then, you know, some, some different changes that had happened, you know, during yeah. that time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the biggest thing I learned is I knew how to work hard. And what I needed to figure out is how to work smart, mm-hmm. how to be a better, be a better employee and be a better boss, be a better leader as an employee as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to give you an idea of how, how much it stung, Megan has a friend, her name's Danny. And um, she heard my name one day and she goes, you mean Parnell who used to be a millionaire? So that, that was a bit of a it's kind of the running joke, but it, <laughs> it, it really was, you know, hit home. Yeah. Parnell was like, wow. And I will say like watching this, as a, you know, not being in Parnell's exact situation, but watching him, you know, every day he had a smile on his face. He had a positive attitude. He would just go wherever he was needed. He would do whatever was needed. It was really awesome to see how resilient he is. And I could see real estate, you know, whether it is 
genetic or not like it was in his blood and it was something he he knows how to do and he is so good at it Mm -hmm. like it couldn't he couldn't probably I don't think he could pry himself away from the industry if he wanted to because he just he knows so much and he cares so much and he's he just really is good at all the different facets of it so it was cool to watch him adapt and overcome to all of these things and still maintain a positive attitude because there were a ton of people during that time that didn't yeah yeah Bad, but yeah, he stayed on top of it, and so that was really great. Uh, one of the things that came to mind uh, was uh, every day you wake up, you can make more money, and yes. if you can just remember that every day you get up, you can make more money. And you know, everybody has phone reluctance, nobody wants to make those phone calls. And every time I have phone reluctance, what I do is say, Okay, my alternative is go cut down a tree, mm-hmm. yeah, right. go back, yeah, two options, right? right. Yeah, it's yeah, much easier to pick up that phone, <laughs> absolutely, and and. Megan, you know, you, you sort of touched on this a little bit, but you were obviously in this, you know, in this position, you know, with him, what was it, was it, you know, just the drive that, you know, that you could sort of see that, you know, this is just a, you know, a temporary thing that, you know, that he's going through right now, you know, I guess, what is it? I think a lot of people probably would have run the other direction or that's, that's sort of the, that's sort of the, the, the mindset that I think a lot of people adopt. And, and was there something you, again, you touched on, you know, his drive and how you could see real estate was, was just, you know, in his blood, but was there something else that, that you can say, you know, this was just, you know, this was just different. There just, just felt different or, you know, I, I'm not even quite sure what I'm looking for there, but I'm just from your perspective and there's, there's plenty of other people that are in his exact same position every day, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to get to sort of what you saw that other people should be looking for, you know, from yeah. people that might be in similar situations. Yeah, that's a great question. Quite honestly, it was, I never doubted him. I never doubted his abilities. I, I appreciated, you know, his outlook, even in the most dire of circumstances, we would just look at each other and we would either just laugh or it's like, okay, how can we pivot? What else can we do? How can we make it? So he's, he's like, it's like an eternal optimism. He's also very realistic, but he's not scared of, of anything. He's not scared to work hard. He's not scared to keep trying. He's not scared to put himself out there. I actually just like a week or so ago, we were coming back from the gym and I looked over at him and I was like, I envy how you're just, how you're unafraid, like how, no matter what, even if he is scared, he doesn't really like show it. He's he'll just push forward and he'll keep going and he'll just, he'll do whatever it takes. And it's, it's a really special characteristic that yeah when you see it in people I don't know it's this spark it's this like glimmer of just all the goodness like even on bad days you know you knew you had somebody in your corner who would Mm -hmm. go to bat for you and who would fight for you and he's and he'll fight for himself I mean it was it's it's overarchingly just that I don't know I guess that fight in you (laughs) if you're looking for it right yeah yeah no I love it I love it yeah that's like I said you know, there's so many times that people just, you know, they run the other direction, but, you know, I I think that there's a lot to be said about people that can see, you know, that spark and can see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. So, so yeah, so, so, so talk a little bit about your, I guess your rebirth, you know, right. I mean, now you guys are together, uh, you know, you, you come through this, this, 
you know, this difficult time, what was, what was it like getting back in the saddle again and, and, you know, growing things and, and things that you decided to do differently, maybe that, you know, you thought maybe wasn't done right the first time. Yeah. So, you know, I saw a lot of talent in Megan and she's super smart and, and she has a calmness to her that I don't have. I I'm learning, <laughs> but she has this way of talking to people. Everybody seems to love her once they get to meet her. And she's, she's just very calm. So I hitched my wagon to her. I'd like to say it's the other way around. And, and so does she, but I really hitched my wagon to her. She tried to escape a few times, but you know, this Grand <laughs> County is the hotel, California. You can leave, but you're never going to check out. So I, <laughs> I chased around and brought her back. And Over, then- overall, though, the rebirth through all of this, because as any entrepreneur, right, you're trying to build something. And initially it's a struggle to figure out who you are exactly and what you're trying to build, right? What you're trying to create. So Parnell and I went back and forth a lot when his family sold the Remax franchises after they had had them for 30 years, 35 years, 35 years. We're looking at each other and we're like, we know we can do this better. We know we have the ability, like, what do we got to change? What can we do? And, and we joke, but you know, we called our company the simple life because that's what we kept going back and forth. What do you want? well, what do you want? You know, we're like, I just want a simple life. Like this doesn't have to be this complicated or hard. Like we've been through all the stuff, you know? And so we call ourselves a simple life and that's the motto. And it's really stuck with us and, and ran with us throughout as we've tried, you know, to continue to build and grow our company. And, and we're constantly redefining. I think that's something with entrepreneurs as well. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. You know, they do want you to specialize and that can help and make things easier. But it's also like, don't beat yourself up when you have to start over or start again. You know, like you can, you can pivot and you can decide, okay, I'm on this path still, but you know, I'm jogging a little bit this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. And so we started out, we formed our own company, The Simple Life, and uh, we had done, I don't know, probably 90,000 our first year out, total commission. Uh-huh. That's total. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. So that was enough to get us almost to a new car. And then we had to borrow money from a friend of mine to buy a house. We were able to buy a house. Actually, his parents loaned us the money. And um, Nice being from a small town when, yeah, your best friends from high school's parents are willing to help you out. Yeah, 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. So we we worked our way out of working out of our our little two bedroom uh, house, and uh, we're actually able to open an office at some point. And um, then we started attracting agents. And the biggest thing for us is we want professional agents. There's a lot of agents out there, and they're not necessarily professionals. They don't even know the basics of the contract, but they have a good smile. They're easy to talk to, and they know how to open the front door. Mm-hmm. And we want agents that really understand the business. And so as we train people, that's how we're training them to be professional salespeople, to be professional real estate agents. And that's our biggest driver for why we hooked our wagon to EXP is we can help throughout the country and now throughout the world uh, training agents on how to go from making a dollar to running your own company. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, so you, you basically, you take it from a very entrepreneurial standpoint, right? That's, that's kind of where you, you know, what you're looking for, what you're, you know, who you're, who you're trying to attract. Is that the way you did it the first time or your family did it? So dad, that... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. My <laughs> dad had a very small mind and a very, I mean, he's brilliant, but he's got a small mental, uh, what do they call it? Um, not the scarcity mentality. There we go. He had a scarcity <laughs> mentality to him. And so for the longest time, he wouldn't, he didn't hire any agents in his office because he didn't think there was enough work. Right. And mm-hmm. so that hindered his ability And mm-hmm. real estate. You have to have that abundance mentality. If you don't, if you don't think we can't have a hundred million agents and still everybody, every hundred million agents can make money, yeah. you're going you're gonna to suffer in real estate because there's yeah. so many. People. And, and, you know, along those lines, how do you guys know, when is right to bring on another another agent, right? So that's that's one of the the questions that you know all entrepreneurs I think struggle with. That you know maybe there isn't enough cash flow coming in right now, but if we hire somebody else, then they'll be able to take more, and and you know we'll all be able to benefit you know from a bigger pool, a bigger pot. So so at, at what point? I guess at what point after you know you know this regenesis? what point did you say, okay, it's time to, to hire you know, people on? How did you identify that? And then, you know, moving forward after you've, you know, you've, you've done this a number of times, how do you know when it's time, you know, Hey, we got to bring on another person, another person, you know, what, any, yeah. any thoughts along those lines? Yeah. For us, you know, we've, we've stumbled and made a lot of mistakes in that regard because we did try and recruit and hire an agent first, but, and why we did that was because we were both so busy. We were starting to get overwhelmed. So it made sense in our mind, let's get another agent and we can just have them, you know, help carry this load with us. But realistically what we've now with through coaches and, and, you know, we have awesome mentors. We try to implement as often as we can, that rule of three, and Parnell and I go back and look at how we, you know, did the agent first thing. And, and we know now that our first hire should have been an admin, right? It should have been an admin and a TC to help support us. And then we could have amplified, you know, what the two of us could have done as far as sales was concerned. But initially we were, we thought about, about it backwards and we were like, oh, somebody can help with the sales and, and, you know, I'll just keep taking on all the, all the TC the and administrative yeah. type stuff. Right. So, and now as we're growing again, we're looking at it and it's like, as far as the rule of three, it's like, okay, what Megan does needs to be duplicated in two other people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's, as you're growing, it, it's helpful. Cause if one person does drop off, you still have the other one who can now help train somebody new mm-hmm. as well, but you're still, you know, you've got that balancing act and it's not so overwhelming for you as an individual. Yeah. Yes. So to help with Megan's stuff. So once you get a couple people, you get yourself and you get an admin or two admins um, or a TC and an admin. Once you kind of get them 
lined up and you get a few things documented, then you can go out and get another agent because you're going to spend half your time training that agent. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're going to divide your income into two. So you got to make sure that you're set up to pay your staff and be able to cut your salary in half. So the recommendation that I've heard is once you start make total gross income, GCI, uh, when you hit about 250,000 GCI, then you can start looking at bringing people in, bringing other agents in, and you'd have the three people set up around you. And then before you hire another staff, you and the agents need to make up to about 750,000, and then you can bring on the next staff person and bring on more agents. And a lot of people go out and just bring all these agents on, and then they spend all their time training and their income goes into the toilet, and then they have to take over all the big bills and leave the agents with nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. And they leave the team. Right. I wonder, does that, do you think that that would correlate into other businesses besides real estate? I mean, that, that, that sounds about right. You know, 100%. How, yeah, yeah. That, like, your revenue waterline per head should be at 250 or higher. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so, so one of the, one of the things that came to mind when you were talking about, you know, the, the rule of three, Megan, when you, when you first decided you're going to hire on another agent. So you guys went down that, that the path of hiring an agent rather than hiring an admin. One of the, one of the thing one of the mistakes that I've made over the years is that I'm, I'm wearing all the hats, right? So that next yeah. person is going to, to, you know, help, you know, take some of those hats off and they're going to do some of the things, right? Yep. But what you end up, what I ended up doing, and I've, I've seen this many, many times is that person, I'll, I'll have them doing jobs that, you know, completely don't match you know, yeah. they're, they're not, they're not, they're wearing two or three different hats. And then if they leave now, you got to replace the two or three different hats. So any, any thoughts on, I guess, being specific with the roles that you're, you know, distributing to people to make sure that, you know, we are covered with this. Like you said, I guess, you know, you're training two different people. So I guess maybe that's the answer right there. You're training two different people doing the exact same things. So maybe if you do have somebody wearing three hats, you have two people wearing three different hats. So right. You know, right. hopefully you're covered that way. Yeah, Matt, I did the same exact thing. And I like yeah. apologize to the guy that I brought on. He's still with us now. He's amazing. But I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just made you me. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, like that was not my intention. And so now we have that other person in place. And so I'm like, you guys are both doing all these projects together with me. Like the three yeah. of us are all doing these things till we figure them out so that they can then train and, and expand. And yeah, you, you don't know what you don't know. So yeah. you know, my thought when I brought that admin on was, this is great. I can take all this work off me. And yeah, I taught him how to do everything. Yeah. Right. And now he, he can wear 10 hats and run around like a crazy person, but that doesn't actually help your business grow. And if he's ever out one day, then it still all falls back on me. Yeah. So that wasn't the intention. And yeah. and yeah, having those additional people that, yeah. So the, the replication and then additionally with that replication, clearly defining your job descriptions. So like having, what does admin actually do? What are their roles and responsibilities? What are their KPIs and metrics? What are they for the TC? What are they for operations? And even though those first two people you bring on may be wearing like two or three of those hats, they mm -hmm. do understand as we grow, it's like, okay, now that you've gotten to this position and we're at our 250 per person waterline, we're going to look to hire the next person. So now we're clearly looking for just an administrator that can do just these things. And you have two people that know how to do it so they can help and guide. And then I'm just oversight 
for for that group and that's how you keep building out as you expand mm -hmm. yeah clear for your audience evan is our fourth or fifth hire for that position we learned a lot by hiring people that we liked and people that we knew and then we started hiring people based on who they are and we use the disc format to figure out who who they are and what role they would best fit in and you know it's it's been a trial and error on that because we're we're learning every day yeah know, i've been doing this since i was five years old <laughs> yeah. um, so about 50 years and you know it's uh it, i still learn stuff every day from somebody I, I was listening to some of your podcasts this week just to get an idea of how you guys do this and i learned stuff from those podcasts so it's That's all great i'm glad to hear that yeah. yeah it's good stuff man yeah and while disc is is helpful you know it is still not the be-all end-all what we look for now is like we can teach the skills, right? But we want a person that's a good fit for our company that has, you know, that has the will, the will mm -hmm. to learn and come into this industry and really put everything into it. Part of what's helped us exponentially grow is clearly defining our mission, our vision, and our core values. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really, you know, in everything that we do. So the people that we're bringing in, that we're interviewing, that you know, they understand this is what the simple life is about, you know, here's the culture. And like, this is what these guys believe in and they walk it and talk it every day. And like, I want to be a part of that. So it's an opt in, right. Instead mm -hmm. of like just pure chaos, which is how we, we all start. I think yeah. yep. um, is, is defining those expectations. And we got very fortunate in this because we, we met a group Cardone Ventures, mm -hmm. Brandon Dawson runs Cardone Ventures. He's part of Grant Cardone's company. He's a, okay. Part of that business development yeah they're, development. they they help businesses scale and grow and so we're fortunate they're amazing <laughs> we went to them and had them project where our business being in the small town where we are where could our business go and how big could it grow and uh you know we were thinking oh maybe we'd hit five million one day we go down to their miami office and they give us a book and it's six to seven inches thick yeah. and mm -hmm. it's laid out exactly how to go through and how to build your business and Andaba told us, he goes, look, you got to understand we're expecting the next 10 to 15 years, your company will be producing around $75 million. Wow. So that was cool to see as an entrepreneur, when you scrape and you, you know, you don't sleep and you're doing all of the things yeah. to, to align yourself with a group of people that can show you like, here's how you can build a business. Yeah. And, oh, wow. This yeah. is real. Like we, we can do this. So think big, when you have your vision, you got to think really big. That's what I didn't get. I always thought, ah, if we could get 10 agents, we're good, right? Yeah. But now yeah. my vision is 5,000 agents. My yeah. vision, like Megan's, it's it's huge. Mm -hmm. So when we talk to people, we're talking about the next, you know, the next level of production. And, um, you know, our, our, well, I'll let you say our mission, our, um, not our mission statement, the supply vision. <laughs> So, yeah but, no like so for for us the simple life's mission is is to help you which is anybody it's our clients it's our, our you know friends family it's the agents that we we partner with it's to help you achieve financial freedom through real estate right because that's mm -hmm. and that's realistically what a lot of entrepreneurial people when they get into real estate that's what they they want that's what they yeah. do for and yep. so our company is now set up to bring people into this this community that that we've created and really just help launch their careers you know again we're the simple life like mm -hmm. we want to make your success easy and so that's what that's what we've built out and and that's what we hope right. to 
and, and you want Project. you want to hire people based on your core values. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if if they don't match what you want, they're not going to work for you. They're not. It's not going to work out in the long term. You might get two, maybe three years out of them, and then they're going to peace out. Yeah. Right? Yep. Definitely have your core values down to what what you believe is the most important things in your life. EXP has a bunch of core values. One of their ones that I joke about all the time is that one of their core values is keep it fun, right? <laughs> and that was never my life. My life is drive hard, hit hard, go as fast as you can. So yeah. Megan and especially Evan and Alona, they're trying to make me have more fun at work. And so now they just, they say I'm passionate instead of angry. About <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is great. That is great. So many different things. I'm, I'm huge on core values too. We've talked about this, you know, with a lot of, a lot of our, our guests and that, I don't think we need to go into that. You know, that's that's something you kind of touched on uh, already. But would you would you say that you know when you when you didn't have the core values there, you didn't have you know sort of those guiding lights, the you know the beacons that everyone understood. There was, I guess, disharmony or or dis, yeah. disjointed opinions and and personalities. Overall, yeah. yeah. Overall confusion, right? Yeah. In a confused mind does nothing. And even us, like now that we have them, you know, core values should be something that you can hire, fire and reward on. Mm -hmm. Man, that just helps, helps clarify things without them. Yeah, we were floating and it was like, you just, you assume people want to do things a certain way and want to be good at it and want to work hard and, you know, all the good things, because that's what you want to do. Yeah. But they need a clear path. And, and so that was super helpful for us to define those because then we became more clear as well. And we could articulate, you know, Hey, we're doing this because of this. Yeah. It's not just because, you know, for some ambiguous reason. And, and, and the nice thing is with your core values is we're able to get agents to self-select out of the company. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really good. We had a team of 12 going and then we realized, four or five of them really didn't fit our core values. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't, we tried to, we tried to encourage them. We, we did everything we could to help them understand why we wanted them to be success, successful and do everything they were doing. And they just didn't want to do it for themselves. So at yeah. some point, if they don't have the discipline, that's one of our core values. You have to let them go. And yeah. what was great is they let themselves go. They came in one day and said, oh, I, I'm going somewhere else where I don't have to do as much. Yeah. And then there's no hard feelings. And it's, you know, this world is full of options. It's exponential. You just need to find your tribe, you yeah. know? And, yep. and so, yep. yeah. You guys. And, and, and how did you, how did you identify those people that didn't necessarily fit? Right. I mean, do you feel like they just sort of stuck out like a sore thumb yeah. or was it, it? It was very obvious. Yeah, it, yeah. it really was. And, and, you know, you want to, you know, every human is innately good, right? We want to see the good in everybody. But you, when you are the the leader and, and your focus is on your, your vision and your mission and everything, you really do, those people stick out and, and you... <laughs> Yeah, one of the young ladies we hired, we passed on her the first time, right? And then she was with a different real estate company and I had met her on a showing and I thought, oh, you know, she is pleasant. She does have the general, she seems to ha- want to have that drive that move forward. So we brought her back in and brought her in. Well, what we found out is she only had so much drive. Oh, uh, I see. Right? Yeah. So once we started saying, hey, we want you to do a minimum of two deals a week or two deals a month, all of a sudden that was too much for her. Yeah. And, and, and she's a nice young lady and I, I hope the best for her, but we've noticed that the people that have left our team, their production goes way down after they leave the team. 
Yeah. And it, yeah. And it came to see because I know that she was in the same situation I was when I was a kid. The husband's not making enough money. She's not making enough money. They don't live in a nice house and they don't have their kids aren't going to have the future they want them to have. And she self-selected herself out because she didn't want to sacrifice enough to build the life she wanted. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard to separate that emotion from business and nor do I think you should ever completely be without it, but setting your foundational elements and then, you know, having people fit into that mold, it does make it easier. Like, even though, like Parnell said, you feel for them, you want to help, you, you know, you want to be that person in your, in their life that supports them and believes in them and all those things like, which you should, but it's not always going to be the right fit and that's okay. And so when you have those foundational elements in place, it does make it easier to just amicably say like, Hey, that's okay. We don't match. Yeah. Yep. All the best. And you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make the horse drink. Yeah. Water. Yeah. No, it makes, makes perfect sense. I, I love, I love everything that you guys are doing. I love the story. I love the background, but, and, and, you know, we can talk about this later, but you know, we, we share very similar backgrounds too, where, you know, I've lost everything and, and, you know, have gotten back into things. So lots of, lots of similarities. So I, I, again, I love, I love your energy, love what you guys are doing, you know, great, great stuff. If people want to learn more about you guys, the simple, your simple life, what would, what would be the best way to reach out and get in touch or learn more? Yeah, for sure. So we're on Instagram. It's the Simple Life Colorado. So you can DM us or message, do all that stuff. We're on Facebook as well. You can always Google Parnell Quinn. He's one of the only ones. Yeah, it, it is pretty. It is you know, it's it's a great name to have unless you do something really bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody knows, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's helped me keep my nose clean, so to speak. And uh, you know, I I'm very cautious about about that but yeah the best way to get a hold of us is instagram or go on to facebook and we're open books so anybody you know if you have questions additional questions or anything reach out we're happy to help we've parnell's been in this industry for decades you know i'm just shy of two decades at this point but we've learned a lot we've done a lot of great things we've done a lot of learning (laughs) so we're happy to share and we're we're very transparent and that's one of our other core values is to let people know exactly what we went through how we are yeah yeah i love it i love it guys thank you so much for the time and uh we'll have to we'll have to keep in touch because there's there's a lot to your story so i love it thank you for having us on Um, i I really like your show so this is great well thank you thank you thanks for listening and remember pass the secret sauce